Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! Before I share um, about, you know, I share uh, the scripture for today, uh, would you allow me to share a story, a uh, testimony that I've experienced? And so here we go. So a, a while ago, um, it was just a usual day at work. I was working, I was having a video call with, uh, with my colleague and, and we, were just, we were just working. And then he was also, at that time, I also found out that his, his daughter, a baby daughter was, was ill uh, and she was rejecting medicine. She has been uh, unwell for a few days and, and she has been rejecting medicine. And at the same time, his wife was also down with COVID. And it was, uh, it was a hard time for him uh, because he had to manage work. Uh, he, had, he had to also take care of his family. Um, but at that, at, that time, at that point, I was, somehow I was felt led by the Holy Spirit to pray. Pray for his daughter, pray for his wife. And can I be honest with you, at that time, I was like, no, God, why? You know, um, I know I've heard, you know, I've heard, Preachers and leaders encouraging us that, hey, you know, let us be a blessing. Let us pray for them. Let us be a blessing to them. But when it comes to, you know, when, when, when reality kicks in, when you are called to pray, it's, it, it can be nerve-wracking. And, and for me, it was, I was scared. I was scared. Um, I was like, God, what? What would he feel? How would he feel if I if I offered to pray for him? You know, we were we were we were calling. We were behind the screen. So will he translate well? How would he see me? We had a good working relationship already. Um, if if I pray, uh, will he think that I'm just this kind of this weird person who believes in some weird god? I don't know. But all these thoughts came. Um, all these thoughts came to my came rushing in. But I couldn't help feeling that the Holy Spirit wants to do something. Um, and, and, I, and I was, in the end, I just said, okay, God. I reluctantly said yes. I, I, I just, I was stuttering a lot and asking, you know, could, could you, uh, is it okay if I, if, I, if I pray for you, if I uh, offer you a short prayer? And he, and he allowed me to pray. And, and so I prayed. I prayed for his daughter that she'll be able to be healed. I pray that she'll be able to receive the medicine, uh, the prescribed medicine. I pray for his wife that she'll also be healed from COVID uh, so that he's able to also, you know, uh, get some rest uh, from his work. And once I finished praying, I kid you not, as I opened up my eyes, I, I could see in the screen, he, I could tell that he was just staring at me. Um, he, was, he was looking at the webcam. I could see that he was just staring at me, but, but he smiled. He smiled and he was appreciative of, of me praying for him. Uh, and he thanked me. Now, a few days later, I, I asked him how was his uh, family. And he said that, you know, praise God, he said that his, his daughter was feeling better. His daughter was recovering. His daughter was already accepting the medicine. Uh, his wife is feel, was feeling better and recovering from COVID. And I really praise God. Praise God for healing, amen? You know, there's something, something happens when we pray, amen? And, but what I was encouraged by wasn't just the healing, what, but what I was encouraged by was what came after. So I think a while later, a few days later, we were, again, doing the normal thing, back to work, discussing about different things that we need to do at work. And as we kind of like list down, like, oh no, we need to do this and this and this and this. And then it, can, it, it sounded stressful because there's a lot of things that needs to be done at work. And at that, time, at, at that point, he, he started to, he, he used the word Jesus. He used the name of Jesus as a curse word. And we, we hear that a lot. We hear that a lot uh, in our society. But when he said that, 
What shocked me was he quickly apologized. He quickly apologized and said, oh, sorry, because I know that, you know, I shouldn't use this. Uh, and, and when I heard that, I was, I was so encouraged. Here, here he was, he was someone who didn't know Jesus. And because, and I, I didn't even share the gospel to him yet. Um, but I, I just prayed. I just prayed for him. And because of that, he understood that the name of Jesus isn't a name that should be messed with. The name of Jesus isn't the name that can be used for a curse word because the name of Jesus is so much more than just than a curse word. It cannot be a curse word. Amen? And, and as I heard that, I was, I was just being reminded that, hey, you know, when you step out of that of, of, of that comfort zone to, to, to say yes to God, God, is, God will, will do amazing things. Amen? And I truly believe that God is already doing something in His life. Uh, and, I, and I truly believe and I pray that He'll be able to experience Jesus more and more in a personal way, whether it's you know, through our interactions, in our conversations, or even through other people around His life. And, and I truly believe that. As I reflect on this, uh, this experience, this testimony, I was also thinking about the theme of our church for this year. Uh, what is our theme for this year? Heaven rules, right? And, and as I reflect on this, I was reminded that this is what it looks like when heaven rules. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. The kingdom of God is a place where there is healing. The kingdom of God is a place where people can find peace. People can find joy. People can find hope. Because God wants people to know that they are loved. You know, God wants people to know that they are forgiven. God wants people to know that their sins, their past has no hold on them anymore because the, the past does not define them. God sees them as His children because He loves them so much. And the amazing part of His kingdom is that He also wants to include us. Friends, He wants to include us in this amazing journey to bring His kingdom to wherever we are. Whether you are in your workplace, in your schools, in your house, in your flats, with your housemates, God wants His kingdom to rule wherever you are. Amen. And you may think that you are not worthy enough. You may think that, you know, why would God use me? The, the truth is God wants to use you just because He trusts you. He loves you. Amen. And this is what God desires. Uh, he wants us to be salt and light for Him in this world. But the truth is, it's scary, right? You know, like, like uh, when God asked me to pray, I was like, God, why? It is scary. It is scary to put yourself out there. It is scary to be vulnerable. Uh, it is scary to be honest, to say that, look, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. Even as you say that, you, it can be nerve-wracking to, to, to proclaim that to someone who doesn't know Jesus, right? But, but if the thing is, it's scary. And the, 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 uh, the truth is, when we feel scared, uh, we tend to want to back away. You know, we tend to want to back away and, and stay comfortable with what we have. Why can't we, why can't we just have Christianity as, our, uh, as this social uh, community where I can just keep it private, uh, not to share with other people because it's very personal to me. Amen. But I really believe that God wants to speak to us. God wants to remind us. And even as we hear the stories from Gerd, Doris, Pastor Franz, they did not let uh, fear uh, 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 stop them from, from going out there to proclaim the kingdom of God. Uh, and that's what, that is what God wants to remind us to do as well. Amen. And, you know, in, in the Bible, Jesus, is also, Jesus also spoke to a certain group of people who were, who were also too comfortable uh, in their walk with God. And He's calling them, encouraging them, challenging them to, to, to step up. Amen. To step up in their faith. So let's look at uh, God's Word today. So let us turn 
to Revelations chapter 3, verse 14 to 22. Revelations 3, 14 to 22. If you have your Bibles, um, let's turn to uh, the verse. If not, uh, you can look at the screen behind me. Thank you, XTV. So Revelations 3.14 says this, And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Basically, Jesus is speaking to them. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish that you were cold or hot, so then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Oof, that's strong words. Because you say I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye self that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, he will come, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. He who has an ear, let him hear. Amen. And just to give some context, Jesus here was speaking to uh, this church in Laodicea through the Apostle John and had to correct them. Why? Because of their lukewarmness in their faith. And, and, and just to give you some background, so if you, you can go back and read Revelations, uh, Jesus was actually speaking to different churches, uh, not just this church. He was speaking to different churches around the area at that time, and, and he was uh, challenging, them, challenging them, encouraging them uh, to, to, even though they go through hardships, even though they go through tribulations, to continue to stand for him, to continue to be steadfast for him. And to this church in particular, uh, Jesus had to kind of be real and say, look, you know, you are neither hot or nor cold. You know, you are just lukewarm. How can I use you if you are just lukewarm? And, and, and the church in Laodicea, because they are in, in this strategic location where uh, they've been, the church has grown wealthy, the location is re, uh, an industrious city uh, with wealth and trade and all that. And because of that, the church has grown comfortable. The church has grown comfortable with their wealth, with their status quo, and, and, and to the point where they actually lost sight of who Jesus is, of the fact that they need Jesus, not the wealth. They need Jesus, not the riches, because they said, Jesus even said that in verse 17, you say that I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. That's the church in Laodicea. At that, at that time, they were comfortable with the blessings, with the riches that they have. And Jesus had to correct them. And, you know, both hot and cold, Jesus can use them. Uh, if, if hot and cold, both hot and cold has a purpose. Uh, if you think of it as water, there's, there's purpose when you have hot water to keep you warm when you drink it. There's purpose when it's cold water if you're feeling hot and you wanted to cool down. But if you're lukewarm, you're just lukewarm. You're neither hot nor cold. How can Jesus use you? And that's why Jesus had to be so real and, and, and had to be honest that he said, look, you're so lukewarm, I had to spit you out of my mouth. It's like Jesus said, I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. And, and, and as I... As I look at the church now, as I look at the church in Laodicea and compare it to the modern church, especially the Western church, 
I think the truth is we, we have also become comfortable if we, if we are not aware. Um, sometimes because of the blessings that we, that we have in this nation, we have the freedom to uh, travel. We have the freedom to, have, uh, to, to, to worship. And, and because of that, and yes, we thank God for the blessing, but have we unknowingly become too comfortable with, with, the, with what we have that we actually lost sight of what is actually God calling us to do? Amen. And, and because we are so comfortable here, we face little to no persecution. Um, the, the, the worst persecution you could get in this nation is maybe just someone ignoring you. Someone may be speaking behind your back and say, you know, this person is a Christian. I don't really agree with that person. And that's the, that's the most that we, we face in this nation. But what about the nation in, Myanmar, in the country in Myanmar? What about uh, the Middle East? What about other countries where, where the persecutions are real? The stakes are high. People's lives are at stake. And, but that's why Jesus had to remind the church. And I believe Jesus and God wants to remind us as well that we shouldn't be too comfortable, that we lose sight of the mission that Jesus Jesus has given us. And that is the first point that we, I want to give us today is we shouldn't, be, we shouldn't stay too comfortable. The truth is we all like to be comfortable if we want to, if we want to be honest. Uh, what's, what's bad about being comfortable, right? If we have comfort in our lives, uh, we can have good health. When we have good jobs, good career, uh, we, 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 uh, we are doing well in our studies, we have good friendships. All these things can make us comfortable. And I'm not saying that these things are wrong. These things are good. We thank God for the blessings. But we shouldn't allow the blessings to be ruler over our lives. We shouldn't allow the blessings to be God when Jesus is Lord over our lives. Amen? And, and, and because when, if we, the, the thing is, if we become too comfortable with, with what we have, we actually forget that there's actually people who need to know Jesus. There are people who need to know the love of God. And, 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 and when, the, the reality is when we become too comfortable, why we, why we seek for comfort? We seek for comfort because we want to, uh, uh, we want to get, uh, obtain things that, that pleases us, that is that's good for us. It's all about us, me, myself, and I. Um, but... <coughs> Sorry, but, but God wants us to see further. God's, God wants us to look at, at other people that He wants to reach. And, and can, I, can I encourage you, friends, that, that there may be people who will never be reached by your pastors, your homeless leaders, but you are there. You are there in your campuses. You are there in your uh, workplace, and you can be a blessing. And I'm, I'm also reminding and preaching to myself because when God, when, when the Holy Spirit challenged me to pray, I was like, but God, can, can I not do this another time? You know, why can't I do this when, when I, can, I can speak to Him in person? Why can't I do this when I, I'm, uh, when I have a better relationship with Him? Why can't I do this when I grow closer to Him? Why can't I do this? Why can't I do this? But the truth is, we give a lot of these excuses because uh, the, the reality is we are scared, right? Come on, let's be honest. It is nerve-wracking. And... Um, but we got to ask ourselves, have we been too comfortable? Have we been too comfortable with, with the jobs that we have? What has been in, on our mind from the Mondays to the Saturdays? What has been on our mind when we speak to people? Is it, is, have, have, has our mind been, cloud, been filled with, with wanting to uh, earn our boss's uh, praise, wanting to get that promotion, wanting to... to, 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 um, to do well in our studies and all that? Has our mind been occupied by this? Are we not bothered that we are not giving our all to God? Are we not bothered that we are not making ourselves of any use to God? Come on, church. Um, 
what are the thoughts that come into your mind? Amen? And I think sometimes when you pray, sometimes when we are, we are challenged to pray and when we, we are challenged to speak to them, to share the love of God, we feel uncomfortable. We feel like, oh no, uh, I'm putting myself out there. And the thing is, comfort and fear can also come hand in hand. Uh, we, we've all been there. It is scary. Uh, but can I encourage you that, that, that God still has your back even when He calls you to be a blessing, to be different, God still has your back. Amen? Um, you may be feeling like, you may be feeling doubtful, thinking that, oh, maybe, maybe when I'm more mature, maybe when I'm more knowledgeable in the Bible, then only I can win an argument. Friends, you don't need to win an argument, but you just need to win people to Christ by your life. How are you living your life? Do you, if you step out of your comfort zone, then people can see that, hey, there's something about this person. Why is this person feeling brave to share? Maybe there's something, there's something that, that, that enabled them. No, maybe there's someone that enabled them, that gives them the strength. Amen? Church, we got to be a church that, that is excuse-proof, like what Pastor Kenneth shared. Uh, last week, when he said, he want, let us be a church to, that is excuse-proof because the reality is we give excuses because we don't want to be uncomfortable. We give excuses because we want to stay in our comfort zone, but God wants us to be here he doesn't want you to stay where you are. You know, so don't stop giving excuses. Don't say, wait until I finish my degree, then only I will serve. Wait until I'm, my life is more put together, then only I will uh, uh, serve. No, wait until I start working, then only I will give. Then only I will give, to, uh, to, uh, give unto the Lord. No, friends, these are all just, you know, could it be that these are just us um, wanting to stay in our comfort zone? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen. And you may not, you know, you, we, we got to be aware that everyone uh, has, has, goes through different things in life. You know, when, I, when, I, when God uh, challenged me to, share, to, to pray, He also helped me to see that God loves, that loves my colleague. We also got to realize that, hey, stop looking at what you only have. Look at what other people need. Look at what other people need. And they need the love of God. They need God's forgiveness. You know, they may be going through a time, my, my colleague may be going through a tough time. And, and if, if I don't pray for him, he's still going to, uh, you know, you, we never know what happens behind the scenes, what God is doing. Maybe when I pray for him, I truly believe God has probably also a part of his peace. God has also part of his love. As for him to know that he's not alone. But we also got to take that step of faith to say yes. Amen. So don't be too comfortable. Don't be too comfortable in our social circle. Sometimes the scary thing is we as a church, we become too comfortable staying within our church community that we forget that there are other people out there who need to know the love of Jesus. So don't stay too comfortable, friends. Just like, just like the church in Laodicea, Jesus has to say, stop being too comfortable with what you have. I have people who need to know me. What are you doing? You have the wealth. What are you doing with your wealth? You have the time. What are you doing with your time? You have the opportunities. You have the friendships. What are you doing with your friendships? Are you doing it for the Lord? Are you, are you being salt and light for the Lord? So let's not be too comfortable, friends. Amen. And the thing is, when we, when we stay comfortable, um, eventually we will also start to compromise. And that's the second point I want to give. Let us not compromise on God's calling for us. Do not compromise. What does compromise mean? Compromise means to accept the standards that are lower than desirable. Do we make life decisions based on our own standards? Do we make life decisions based on the world's standards? Or do we make decisions based on God's standard? 
Come on, friends, we've got to ask ourselves honestly, even in the little things that we do in life, what kind of standards are we holding on to? You know, when we choose not to compromise, what does it mean by not compromising? It means that Jesus has to be the centre of our lives. Jesus has to be the reason we live and breathe. Jesus has to be the reason we want to we wanna share. Jesus is the reason we love other people because He is. He is the only reason. And Jesus had to rebuke the church in Laodicea again, saying that, look, you are rich. You think that you have everything that you need, but no, you, you have nothing. Jesus had to be real and say, look, you are, you are naked, you are miserable, you are poor. But what is Jesus saying? Come to me. You should come to me. Uh, receive the, the, the true treasure from me. And that's what Jesus is also calling us to do. When we, when we choose not to compromise, we are also saying that Jesus is the center. Jesus is the first priority. And as we, we were worshipping we worship, God just now, that let nothing else be the distraction. Let nothing else distract us to who Jesus is. Let us have more and more of Him. Amen. So, do, so when do we start to compromise? Sometimes we, we start to compromise when we try to wrestle. We try to negotiate with God because we are still holding on to things that we want. But when God says like, look, you've got to let go. What is something that you have to let go? You know, have we been giving God our best? Have we been giving God our all? Uh, or have we been compromising God in, in, in our relationships, in our studies? Um, just, to give, just to be real, even as students, can I encourage you? Um, I've heard so many testimonies and stories of students, uh, of students putting God first in their lives. How do they put God first? They put God first by doing this. Even though they have an exam on a Monday, even though they have a deadline on a Monday, they still understood that God is still first in their lives. And because God is first in their lives, they would never give church a miss. Giving church a miss is never an option for them. Giving church a miss is, is never an option because they're not doing this for people. They're doing this for the Lord. And, and because even though they have friends, who um, peers who, who, who have has more time to study, they have less time to study. And yet they say, you know what? God is still God. God is still center. I'm still going to give God my best in my worship, in my serving, even though I have less time to study. And as a result, I hear so many stories of students saying that I got to, I got to pass with excellent results. And that is only through God if we put our trust in God and not lean on our own understanding. You know, our own understanding says like, look, we need more time to study. We need that extra hour. But God's understanding says, no, you need me come to me. God says to trust in Him uh, and, and lean not on your own understanding. You know, and, and as a result, the students not just, didn't just pass with, with a degree, they passed with a testimony. And, if they, and because they passed with a testimony, the people around them can see that there is a God whom we can put our trust in. And, 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 that's, and that's why I want to encourage us, friends, if we want to be salt and light, how can we share the gospel if we don't live the gospel with our best? Amen? And I'm not trying to knock down anyone here because all of us here, we all go through different things in life and we all constantly need to say yes to give our God. God is asking me to say yes to pray. I could have said, God, may, can I stay silent for five more seconds? Can I stay silent? I, I, just, I was really tempted to say silent for one more second. I was really tempted to say, oh man, I'm so sorry to hear that. Full stop and that's it. But, but God doesn't want us to stop there. God doesn't want us to just say, oh, I'm so sorry. God wants us to be the solution to bring people to the way, the truth, and the life, and which is Jesus. 
And how do, we, how do we fight against the temptation to want to compromise? Let's turn to Romans chapter 13, verse 13 to 14. Romans 13, verse 13 says this, Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. You know, here, here we are reminded that we got to walk properly. There's a, there's, a, there's a conscious decision that we got to make to say yes to God each day. And how do we, how, and, it, it, and we are also told to not make provision for the flesh. A lot of times we want to compromise because our flesh constantly fights against what God tells us to do. Our, our, our desires, our preferences, our personalities even uh, say that, God, you don't understand. I am not an outspoken person. I cannot be, but God is saying, no, 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 I, I, I'm, I'm using you. Can you trust in me? Amen. I'm using you to be a blessing. I'm using you. But how do we fight against this temptation to compromise? By putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. What does it mean by putting on the Lord Jesus Christ? It means to, it means to allow Jesus to lead us. To allow Jesus to lead us, to disciple us, to be more like Jesus. When you, see, when you put on Jesus, it's kind of, I was just reminded that you put on, uh, you, lack of better word, make uh, impersonating someone, but in, in, in a good way, we are being more and more like Jesus. Um, when we say put on Jesus, how do, I, how do I break off the temptation and overcome the temptation to addiction to pornography? By putting on Jesus, knowing that Jesus has already set you free and you are not condemned, you are loved, you are forgiven. And, and Jesus, you know, that the, the chains of pornography, the chains of addiction can no longer hold you. Therefore, you don't have to do, you don't have to go back to that old ways again. That's what it means by putting on Jesus. If you're finding hard to forgive someone, put on Jesus again. Think of what Jesus has done for you. Uh, Jesus has already forgiven you. Jesus has loved you. Uh, if you find it hard to forgive and you're tempted to want to do an eye for an eye, meaning like you just want to treat that person like the way the person treated you, then, then put on Jesus again. See how the people have treated Jesus, but yet Jesus still loved them and went to the cross to die for them. If you're feeling burnt out when you serve in church, when it comes to serving, some maybe you know you've been serving every week and, and you feel like, oh no, no one's appreciating me, or no one say thank you. For those who are serving, I just really want to thank you guys. You guys are amazing. You guys are um, you guys did so well. Thank you for serving. But let's be real. There were times where we can feel tired when we serve, uh, when we feel tired and burnt out and say, like, is there any point to this? I've been serving the Lord for so long, but yet I don't seem to see that there's a breakthrough in, in, in this area in my life. But put on Jesus again. What has Jesus done for you? Put on Jesus again. What is the reason that you serve? It's all for Jesus. And if Jesus is happy, that's all, that's all I need. You know, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure whether my, my colleague will come to know Jesus. But when, because God called me to do it, and I'm doing it unto the Lord. And that's all, that's all that matters. That's what it means by not compromising. It's by giving our best to God. It's by giving God our all. Everything that we do, from the Mondays to the Saturdays and Sunday, everything we do, let us give God our best. The truth is, the, the world is watching us as Christians. And, and, and what kind of life are we showing? Are we showing, uh, uh, are, we, are we 
are we just going with the flow with whatever other people are doing? And, and, and if we do that, then people can't see that there's anything different in us. You know, if, if you're a Christian, but yet you're still, you're still going with the flow, you're still doing things that doesn't honour the Lord, and when other people see that, they'll be like, but you're the same. How can I trust in Jesus when you yourself didn't trust in Jesus? Before you, yeah, before you think about sharing the gospel, make sure you live out the gospel. So let's start listing down. Maybe, let, maybe let's start listing down some of the things that, that, that is non-negotiable with God. And that's how when you list it down, pray and ask God to give you the strength to put Him first, to give Him your best. Not compromising also speaks about excellence, right? Are we being excellent in our work? Are we being excellent in our, our conversations with our friends, with our colleagues? Are we being excellent in our studies? And being excellent doesn't mean that, look, you know, we, we, got, to be dis- you, you, we got to be discerning and, and ask God for wisdom when you can say like, okay, Sam, you say be excellent. I need to spend more time in my studies. That's not what I meant. What I meant is to trust God and to do everything unto the Lord, every single thing. Have we been excellent in our speech? Oof. It's very easy to, 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 to uh, want to ridicule someone when that person did something wrong to you. But, but what is Jesus saying? Hey, there's, there's life and death in the way we speak. So are we speaking encouragement? Are we speaking love? Are we speaking blessings? Or are we just speaking gossip? Are we, are we, are we speaking uh, uh, judgment and condemnation to people? Even if people that we don't like, Jesus says to love your enemies. And that's the heart of God. That's the heart of God because how can people come to Him if they don't experience the love of God? How can people experience the love of God if they don't see that sound that we as believers love God with our all? So don't compromise, friends. And if you are tempted to compromise, put on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Allow Him to guide you and lead you. And when I say yes to pray, I had, to let go of, I had to let go of my comfort zone. I had to surrender and say yes and not compromise and say, God, you are God and if you say so, I'll still do it. And, and what is God doing? God was leading me. God was instructing me. God is helping me and teaching me how to step up by faith. God, is, God was teaching me how to love even because how can we love if there's no actions? How can we love others if there's no uh, uh, evident actions in, our, in, 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 in what we do to our to the people around us. And, as, and when I prayed, that's where God also moved. God also had corrected my colleague's perception of who Jesus is in a way. And, and, and that's when we say yes, friends. So just, I just want to encourage you again. Uh, don't compromise. Don't say give any, God anything less than your best because He, he, he deserves our best. And again, I was reminded again when we put on Jesus, I was also reminded and I'm so glad that Jesus did not compromise on His mission to save us. He, God did not give us anything that less than His best because He gave His beloved Son, Jesus, to die for us so that we can have life and abundant life in Him. So he, Jesus Himself stayed committed to going to the cross. He stayed, he may, I can imagine He's just carrying that cross. But even though it's hard, even though he, because He's fully human, even though it's tough, He even prayed to God saying like, Lord, if it's Your will, would You take it away? But yet He still said, not my will, but Your will be done. He still surrendered. And I really thank God that He did not compromise and He, he will never compromise on You. So let us not compromise on God. Amen? 
my third point is this. When we, you know, why, why is God calling out of our comfort zone? Why is God um, expecting us to compromise? Because He has a plan for us. He has something so much more. He has a plan for each and every one of us. But we got to listen. We got to listen. And that brings me to my third point, which is to allow for God's correction. In verse 19 of Revelations, Jesus says that to those He loves, he rebukes and chastens. A lot of times we focus on the rebuking part. A lot of times we focus on the, the scolding part, the chastening part. But what does chasten mean? Chasten means to train, to instruct, to teach, to cause one to learn and to correct. But Jesus says what? Whomever he loves, whomever he loves, he corrects. So friends, when, if, you, if, you ever feel, if you ever feel challenged by God to do something for Him, or if you feel challenged by God to let go, to sacrifice of something, know that He's not doing this to, 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 to spite at you. He's not doing this to make your life miserable. No. In fact, quite the opposite. He does this because He loves you. He knows what's best for you. And that's who He is. But many times when we get challenged by God, we get angry. We get angry at God because we don't get the things that we want. And that's our flesh speaking again. We are fighting against God. Or have you ever been offended when, when God speaks to you through people, through the different leaders, when God instructs you and leaders challenge you to, come on, you got to give your best. Come on, you got to let go of this. And you are like, no, I'm, you, and you get offended. Know that He doesn't do this to, to, to ridicule you. God does this because He loves you. He loves you because you're so much more better than this. He loves you because He has a plan that gives you a hope and a future, not to harm you. So every time we get instructed by God, maybe let's ask ourselves this question. Is God teaching me something? Is God speaking to me? Is there something that I need to learn? Is God challenging me to let go of some things? Is God challenging me to love? Is God uh, instructing me to forgive? Is God teaching me what it means to love the way that He loves? Come on, friends. If you feel challenged, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to your life. Just like what the, how the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, pray. He did not do this because He wants to make me feel embarrassed. He, doesn't want, he, he did this because He loves my colleague. And he couldn't bear that my colleague to see him struggling. And that's why he, he called me to pray. Is there anyone in your lives that God that God is asking you to bless this week? Is there anyone in your life that God is calling you to be different? Is there anyone in your life that God is actually asking you to just show up at work and, and speak to that person? Have a conversation with that person. How can you have a conversation with that person? How, how can you expect that person to know God if you don't know, if you don't start to converse with that person? Amen? Allow God to lead, friends. Everything that you do, even the little things, even the little decisions that you make, do I come? Do I, do I serve? Do I not serve? Ask God. Do I love? Ask God. Do I say yes to this? Do I say no to that? Ask God. And allow God to speak. Allow God to speak through uh, the leaders that God has placed around your life who cares for you. Allow God to speak through the people that He has put in your life. Godly people. Allow God to speak through His Word. Many times when, we, when I read my, the, the Word of God, a lot of times I also feel cut to the heart because I knew that, you know, when I read God's Word, I, I recognize that I need Him. When I read God's Word, I recognize that I need, I need Him. 
Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says this, For the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When God speaks, expect to be offended, in a good way. When God speaks, it hurts sometimes, because when God speaks, it allows us to actually reflect, and, and, and it shows the true conditions of our heart. You know? When God speaks, it's just like a sword. like It's piercing and piercing, but it's also going to heal you. It's also going to lead you to a better place. It's also going to lead you to be more, uh, to be stronger uh, in the Lord. Yeah. But we've got to allow God to speak first. Yeah. We've got to listen. Yeah. Jesus says in Revelations, He who has an ear, let him hear. And when you hear, let's obey. Amen. Amen. And church, Jesus started with a rebuke to the church in Laodicea, but he ends with an invitation to come. He ended with an invitation to come. In, in verse 22, we, we, we know this famous verse because we always use this to encourage those who do not know Jesus and we say, look, Jesus is knocking at the doors of your heart. Would you invite him in? I believe that Jesus wants to come into our hearts every single day. Even as believers, when Jesus is speaking, he's also knocking at the doors of your heart. Are you closed up to him or do you open up your heart to him? You know, this message is not to knock us down. If, and if you feel knocked, it's, it's actually Jesus knocking at the doors of your heart. Can I tell you, friends, that, that he, he just wants to dine with you. And when you open up your heart to Him, when you, when you, when you become honest with Him, when you, when you get vulnerable with Jesus, He will come in, He will dine with you. And what does dining mean? He will have a relationship with you. He will speak with you. He will encourage you. He will teach you. He will guide you. He will be with you. And that's what it means that He will dine with you. And it's, 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 it's a relationship with Jesus. And that's, a, that's an amazing message also because we wanted to share to the world that what God is looking for is not religion. He's looking for a relationship with you and I. That's how much He loves us. And even as I close, um, would you allow me to close with this portion of Scripture? Would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 22, verse 34 to 40? <coughs> verse 34 says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. And this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Wow. See, the Pharisees, they, they, at that time, they, they were the most learned, the most, sorry, excuse me, the most intelligent. And they know everything about God's law and they wanted to test Jesus. Actually, do you know God's law. And they even tested him, like, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said this can be summarized into loving God with all, with all your heart, with everything that you have. And that means not to compromise. Love God with all. Love your neighbours as yourself, even though it's uncomfortable. Love, when it comes to love, um, it, 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 it forces you to really get out of that comfort zone and allows you to go that extra mile. So friends, let us not stay comfortable but love the people that God has placed around us. Love the Lord with everything that you have, nothing less than 100%. Yeah. 
And on these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. And that's what God is calling us for. Simple as that. Do we love God with our all? And do we love people because He loved them? God loves you so much, friends. God loves the world so much. And so many more people need to know that. And as we reflect again on what heaven rules is all about, God's kingdom is, is all about reaching the lost and for people to come to know Him. They need to know that God has a beautiful plan for them. But how can people, not, how can people know if no one steps out, if they don't hear? How can people hear if no one steps out of their comfort zone? If no one says yes to God, if no one, says sens- if no one is sensitive to what God is telling them to do. So let's be obedient, friends. And, and can I encourage you that that's what God is calling us as a church. Amen. So uh, I just want to invite the worship team up as we end and, and, and I want us to just respond in, in worship. When God's, God corrects us, He wants us to learn and He wants us to grow. And friends, can we, can we start to say yes to God more this year? Can we, stay, can we start to say yes to, to get out of our comfort zone more this year? Say yes to serving Him this year. Say yes to be a blessing to someone this year. Because God loves this world. And that's what heaven is all about. Heaven is all about people coming to know God. If God is already speaking to you right now uh, to surrender something in your life, to surrender to let go of something but you're finding hard to friends can I encourage you again to fix your eyes on Jesus and as you fix your eyes on Him He will always satisfy for to this group of people if, if you really felt like the Holy Spirit is nudging you to do something this week the Holy Spirit is speaking to you to, to do something this week maybe it's to bless someone or maybe it's to pray for someone but, but, you, but you are finding hard to do it can, would you just lift up your hands in surrender lift up your hands in surrender if you want to respond to this message lift up your hands to surrender and say God use me God I'm, t- I'm, it's, I'm tired of staying comfortable but use me I don't know how use me I don't know how I, I could pray but I still ask God to just use me and if that's you it's okay just surrender it to God and allow, and allow Him to use you, allow Him to speak, allow Him to teach. And if that's you, why don't you just lift up your hands? Father, you, you, see, you have seen these hands. Lord, teach us. Lord, remind us. Remind us that Christianity is not about just this world, but Christianity is not just about enjoying the, the blessings here in life, but it's, there's more, which is to know you. So God, first of all, help us to know you more. Help us to know you more. And as we know you more, help, help us to, in, in the different areas that we are struggling with, God, would you help us to fix our eyes on you so that we can give you our best so that we can give you our all. Lord, help us to love you. Teach us to love others. Teach us what what it means to to make disciples, to to carry out your great commission. Lord, teach us. So sorry, God, 
Forgive us if we have been so comfortable with what we have that we dare not share the ultimate treasure in life, which is you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.